Is it working now? <laughs> wow, it's getting hot up here. I like it. So I think things have been going pretty well. We've had quite a few number, quite a number of changes going on around here. If you're coming on your first day here today, uh, you will notice uh, you'll notice that we're having a big party uh, out on the South Green. There are going to be hot dogs and hamburgers. Are there going to be hot dogs? Is that true? Uh, just hamburgers, maybe? Okay. But there's going to be a bounce house, which means all of us are going to be um, have our brains jiggled around by the end of this uh, day. and uh, it, It'll be... Uh, we've, we've talked to God and told Him to lower the temperature a little bit today, so we're waiting on that. Uh, that might happen. But we really do see it as a time of fellowship, and it's important. So we really do ask you to make that extra step to, to spend some time with your neighbors. These are the people that you live with every day and work with. And, and who could ask for better? To have an opportunity. Where else are you surrounded? And you know that all the people have come to one place for Jesus Christ. That doesn't happen very much in your life on a daily basis. I don't know about, about yours, but even mine. Uh, it doesn't happen uh, on, a, on a daily basis where I'm around so many people that have come to one place because of Jesus Christ. And we're starting the Heart of God series. And it's going to lead into the Hands of God series. And it's going to be a great series. We're going to be listening to the words of Jesus for, for a whole entire 11 weeks. For 11 weeks, we're going to be hearing Jesus speak to us as was recorded by the scribes that were right there. If you look through the Bible, you hear the other little references to the scribes. They're always asking questions. Jesus, what about this? What about that? The scribes are there and they're writing down what Jesus is saying. And that's the reason that we have what we have today. And this, this verse today is from uh, Luke, and, and, and it's going to be going on through Luke. So we'll look at specifically the words of Jesus as communicated through the book of Luke. And the Heart of God series is really, uh, it's really going to be a mission-based series. So over the next few weeks, the next few months, we are going to, as a church, be challenging ourselves to grow. And that is what we are, will be doing. So if you've come to a place to stop growing, you're in the wrong place. Because this church is all about growing. We're going to be growing in new ways every day. Some, sometimes we'll be growing by inviting our neighbors to come to church, but other times we'll be growing and challenging ourselves to be missional. Missional is a strange term uh, that, that is kind of hard to define. If you look it up in the Bible, uh, or you won't find it in the Bible, actually. If you look it up in the dictionary, you'll get a pretty confusing idea of what missional is. But if you want to know how the term missional came about, and we're hoping that, hope, hoping that, that becomes a, a buzzword around this church, that you will be turning to people at, at the uh, fellowship hour after worship and saying, hey, are you being missional? And, and, and because it's one of those terms you can't define, you can just say, yeah, I'm being missional. I'm <laughs> but missional really, uh, the idea, that it, it's, it's about a, a way of thinking, a way of living. And it was developed by missionaries who went into other countries and they discovered that the good way to go into another country was to be sensitive and listen and to be aware and attentive, and to be considerate, and to listen to the people more than to talk to the people. And that is what mission is all about. It's all about having our eyes open to what God is doing around us. And you can think of the corollary, you've heard of missionaries who've done bad things, that that's probably 5-3% of the missionaries that have done work in this world, but they've, they've done a pretty good job of messing things up. And it's because they weren't listening, and they weren't considerate, and they weren't compassionate. And they weren't walking very tentatively forward into the territory with open eyes as to what God is already doing there. And so as a community, we are going to be doing things that you will not even see on Sunday morning. You will, be, you will not even know that, that, that 10 of the people in here on Sunday will be serving at a, at a, a homeless shelter, serving food during the week. But you'll know it when you see their face on Sunday. And you may not know it, but there are people who are going to be 
serving at the La Casa de San Gabriel and cleaning up their garden. And there's a church over uh, in Highland Park that has just decided that they are going to have a, a revival. They've heard about what's happening here in terms of uh, focusing on Jesus Christ and just just reaching out to neighbors and having a, having a whole community come alive in a new way. And they're getting excited about it, and so they've asked us to partner with them and to try to help them. And this church is a beautiful, it looks like a great old theater that they've renovated. And maybe some people will be involved in that way. Um, one of the great quotes that I've heard with regard to the mission is a quote by Bob Pierce. And uh, I, I quoted him as Robert Pierce, and apparently that's not his name at all. So half the pastors here on staff are best friends with Bob Pierce, so they tell him, don't, don't misquote Bob Pierce. But, uh, but if you know about the organization World Vision, he's one of the founders, one of the people who helped, helped get that to where it is today. And Bob's quote is this, May my heart be broken for the things that break the heart of God. Wow. Isn't that just exactly a quote that would line up with the video we just saw? That our hearts would be broken for the things that break the heart of God. Uh, I had an opportunity a couple of weeks ago to go to a Malawi Mission Network conference that this church had a part in putting on. But nobody at the conference would have known it. Reverend Karen Burns and a number of people from our outreach team helped put on a mission conference, imagine this, for a country that's in Africa, here in California. And people came from all over the United States and all over the world to talk about the different mission things that they were doing. That's pretty much the only connection they had, that they were all doing mission in one place, and they were sharing what they were doing with regard to mission with one another. So I, I, I kind of stubbornly went to this thinking, oh, I don't know what God's going to do in my heart. I, I'll, I'll go because we're involved in it. And it was an incredible conference. It really blew me away. And uh, it was neat to be able to sit down at lunch and, and talk to a guy who, who had just spent the past couple of years researching microfinance loans. Do you know what those are? They're small loans to rural communities so that people can start small businesses in their town. And he was really excited because he was about to start a new mission project in Malawi, going into neighborhoods and helping to start microfinance loans. And helping, it, they, they create communities of people who keep, keep, keep each other accountable. And the return rate on these loans is 99%. 99%. That's better than we've got for credit card debt in this country by far. And they're doing things that people never thought were possible. There's another lady that I met there, and she decided that she should go, uh, she's a lady from the United States, she should go to Malawi and start a school for the blind. And she started a number of years ago. And you can't imagine the amount of work that went into putting a school like that together. And the amount of challenge and the amount of hardship that she had to endure. But at the end of it, she said it was really rewarding because one of the kids, the girls, that she saw coming to the school, and, and girls' education is not something that is really, really highly valued there. So it was unique for this blind girl to have the education. She graduated from college, and she went back to the school and is now a teacher. I met another individual... This guy was rugged. He, he saw this guy. He wouldn't want to. Wouldn't want to pick a fight with him. But he was. He was tender and compassionate. He said that he had this idea years ago that he would start to build wells in Malawi for all of the people that don't have water. And so he just went and started to develop a, a system. And he, he got a lot of help from different people. And the result, if you can believe this, is that he has 400 people working for him on a seasonal basis because they can only dig wells at certain times of the year, which is a limitation. But he never saw that limitation as limiting the amount of wells he could build. Do you know that this last spring, he built 3,000 wells in his six-week trip? 
3,000 freshwater wells in places that have never had fresh water in their entire lives before. As I walked away from this conference, I started to think about what would it be like to be in a community of people who are so contagiously creative about mission that it, worship on Sunday felt like a big conference of people. Instead of the Malawi Mission Network, it's the San Marino or the Los Angeles Mission Network where all of us are sharing the stories of how our mission initiatives and, and mission projects are going. That's what we're looking forward to with the heart of God. But we really can't step into that kind of mission work unless first, like Bob Pierce says, our hearts are broken for the things that break the heart of God. And so over the next five weeks, we are going to be looking at five messages from Jesus that are telling us about five characteristics of the heart of God. The first characteristic we'll look at today is that God's heart is a holding heart. God's heart is a holding heart. And conveniently enough, all five of them match up to the word heart. Holding everyone, admitting, reaching today. And we are going to eventually become people who have all of those characteristics in our hearts. That we are going to be holding everyone, admitting, reaching today. And so at the end of it, hopefully that will be something that will be ingrained in your mind. And, and you'll be pondering as you think about a message that matches each one of these. And so what we're going to do is we're going to jump into the, into the scripture today. It's Luke 4, 25, 30, 33. The whole church is looking at this scripture today. And we're all talking about what does it mean? What does Jesus mean when he says this? And it starts out great. It says, now, and by the way, we wanted to let you know that uh, we know you can't read your Bibles in service right now. It's because our lighting system is still in development, uh, in conversation, actually. So our hope is, and as you've noticed, our sound system needs a little bit of help, too. So we have two more things that we do want to take, take care of. We're not trying to be Bono here. We're not trying to be uh, U2 or anything. We're not going to have a big uh, spider that just, oh, or, you know, if you know U2. They have crazy sex. Oh, that's kind of cool, actually. Um, but really, we're just trying to make it so that you can worship and so that you, you can just experience uh, God, have God be more, more in focus than the fact that you can't see your Bible or you can't hear what we're saying. So... So here's, here's the scripture, and, and hopefully this helps. Now, large crowds were traveling with him. This is with Jesus. And Jesus turned to them and said, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even like himself, cannot be a disciple. Now, before you change to the next slide, I want to look at that. That, that is not reading right for anybody in here on that. You're like, I am not going to start hating my kids and my wife. That just doesn't sound Christian at all. Why would Jesus say that? What, what you, a good way to think about this translation and the word hate is more a word that would be better, I think, love less. Okay? So, so whoever comes to me and does not love less, your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even like itself, love less than what? You know what? Love less than what? Than Jesus. Anybody that loves their, their parents more than Jesus, or their kids more than Jesus, or their wife more than Jesus, and, and even life itself more than Jesus cannot be my disciples, what he's saying. And then the verse goes on, and it says, Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Now, what Jesus is saying here is he's saying, if you're not part of my mission, if you're just following me and hanging out with me and not doing the work that I do, you're not really a disciple of me. 
You're not someone who's being, who's learning. And a disciple is someone who's learning from someone else. We disciple each other all the time. We, we're, we're discipling each other every single day here at the church as we talk about the ways in we should we should live our lives and, and the struggles that we have. And, and we lean on the stronger person when we do that. And that's what Jesus is saying. is, is Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my student. Whoever does not, who has never is not part of the mission that I am doing, cannot be my student. And then the verse goes on to say, which, um, which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down? I bet how many has anyone in here? Just raise your hand. I'm just curious. Has anyone built a tower? Is there one person who did it? Who did it? Like there's an engineer somewhere who's built a tower. No one? Never. Okay, I did it. Woodshop. So, um, which of you intending to build a tower does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid down a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, this fellow, who, you never want people to say this fellow. That, once they say this fellow, you know it's over. <laughs> this, fellow, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Wow. But he goes on. He, he really wants to drive the point home. That if you're not all in, if you haven't estimated the cost of what it is to follow Jesus Christ, then, then you, you really need to think about that. You really need to think about what it means to be all in for Jesus Christ. And he says, or what king going out to wage war against another king. I imagine, you know, this sounds a lot like what's happening with with the country now, isn't it? They're, they're talking about war, aren't they? Going out to wage war against another king will not sit down and first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000. I think Assad is probably thinking about this. I think, I think the Prime Minister of England... Uh, I think probably uh, Obama's thinking about this. All of the senators in Washington right now are thinking about this. This is this is this is this happens. But if he cannot, then while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. And this is the kicker. So therefore, none of you. Wow. This is not this is not what I would imagine for an evangelistic message, one that would win you over and make you feel like lighter at the end of the day. But so therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. So I had this idea: we should all give up all of our possessions today. Does that sound good? <laughs> Just try it for a day. See if we can ever get back to where we were. You know, I think I think it is an amazing text, and it can be a hard text. Especially if you're not quite sure what it's saying. But again, what Jesus is saying is, become part of my mission. Join me in the work that I am doing. Now, one of the dynamics of being, uh, being God is that God can hold more than one thing at a time. God can actually hold all of you, all of you, completely. And hold all of me completely. And every single person in this world. Remember that song when you're kids? He's got the whole world in his hands. That's actually good. We should, can we get work that one in sometime? <laughs> it's you and me, sister. No. <laughs> but really, God can hold all of us. He, he can hold us. All of us. But you know what we can't do? We can't hold more than one thing at a time. 
I try so much, and I, I, I have two hands, and I suppose if I had more arms and more hands, I'd be able to hold more, right? But at the end of the day, to fully hold something, to truly hold something in your life, you need all of you. You need everything you've got. And so if we're going to map the heart of God in our life, then we're going to need to discover what it means to be someone just like God is, who holds fully. We are going to need to hold fully. But see, what Jesus is saying is he's saying you can't hold two things at the same time. You can't accomplish all of these things that you're trying to accomplish. It's not possible. You can't, you can't juggle a thousand things at once. And trust me, I think a lot of us have started to figure it out. And some of, some of the students are thinking, oh yeah, I've got A plus in every single class. I'll tell you what, at some point you'll discover you can't do everything. And you'll realize that actually you can't do anything. You'll discover that anything that you get involved in is a complete mess. And that's should be a comforting thing. You're thinking, wow, this guy's a real bummer. I don't know if I want to go to church next week because he just keeps telling me I'm a big mess. But you can't do anything without it being a complete mess. And that's where we need God. Let me just communicate how much God holds you. God holds you so much that he is willing to send his son to come to this earth and to live in dire poverty and then to be scorned just like and ridiculed, just like this story was talking about. You think Jesus was talking about ridicule as though it's something he'd never experienced before. Oh, he knew what ridicule was like. Then he was ridiculed on the cross. Because somehow we couldn't understand that God loved us. See, every time that we were there, God brought healing when we brought pain. And God brought light when we brought darkness. And every time that we would turn away from God, God would still be there waiting for us. Holding us. Having His arms outstretched to us. And if you haven't had the opportunity to say yes to Jesus, and, and, and that's all you need to do to have God hold you fully. That's all you need to do. So this is a complicated dynamic, but I hope I'm making it simple. All you need to do to have God hold you fully is to say yes to Jesus. Then we spend the rest of our lives trying to hold God fully. Does that make sense? We spend the rest of our lives trying to fully hold God. And so we go through a progression of things in our lives where we say, Oh, I idolize my older brother. Anybody else idolize their older brother in here? I idolize my older brother. Turns out my brother was a big jerk. <laughs> are we recording this? We are, right? By the way, our first sermon on the internet is going to be on this week. And Graham's going to hear it. But the reality is he knows that I'm a big jerk too. And he probably knew it from when I was a real little kid. I was... I was Big pain. <laughs> we see, anytime you try to put something before God, you will be sorely disappointed. And I don't care what it is. Money, politics, whatever you think it is. I always ask my dad why, as a pastor, he would never choose a political affiliation. He said, well, you hitch your horses to a wagon, and it'll go up with that wagon, and it'll go down with that wagon. He said, you hitch your horses to Jesus Christ as a leader of the church. You'll never go wrong. So anytime someone asks me a complicated question, a really complicated political question, I always say, hey, let's put Jesus Christ at the center of that. And, and I believe that you're an intelligent adult and that you can come to conclusions with the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You don't need me to interpret for you. And that's what 
what happens is a transformative reality. You don't allow the world around us to conform us. We are transformed by the renewing of our minds. Sorry, Romans just keep, I love that. We're transformed by the renewing our, of our minds so that we may discern what is the will of God. And what is the will of God? That we would hold God fully. So today is an opportunity to think about those things that you put before God. And it takes a challenge, it's a big challenging moment because you know what you're asked to do when you're asked to hold God fully? You're asked to let a lot of things go. You're asked to let your kids go. You're asked to let your husband go and your marriage go and to let all of these other things go in your life. Who do you think is going to be in charge of those things from now on? God. You're going to give them up to God. You're going to release all of those things to God and trust that God can handle all the details. That if you put God first, your marriage is going to start to work. If you put God first, your parenting and all of the challenges at work are going to start to be put in perspective and you are going to be living in a way that you never imagined could ever be possible again. And then finally, we have the Heart of God series. We're trying to develop the heart of God. We're trying to become holding people. And you know what happens as we become people who hold God? It transforms what we hold in this world. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are then turned into people who want to hold other people. Sorry, there's like levels, right? Are you getting me? Are you tracking me? It's like the matrix. We're four levels deeper. What's the other movie? Uh, Inception. Thank you. We are, we are nine levels deep. But see, Inception is cool. It's because it's a cool movie. But we are, we are that deep right now. Because once you get the heart of God beating in your chest, and your heart, I, I loved it. When I was a kid, I would, I would lean on my mom and listen to her heart. Did you ever do that? I would listen to her heart. Oh, I just love listening to it. And then I, I would start to breathe. I would match her breath. Did you ever do that? I kind of secretly did it. I'm sure she knew it. <laughs> and then I was like, and then I can swear that my heart started to beat at the same time. See, something miraculous happens when we put our ear to the scripture and we start to listen to the word of God and we start to listen to Jesus' heart beating through the pages and we know that this is not a dead heart, this is a heart that's alive and a heart that is beating within us right now. Jesus came back to life. And Jesus came back and he didn't come back to hurt us. He came back to heal us and to say, I know no matter how many times you've turned away from me, I am never going to turn away from you. And I'm always going to hold you. All you have to do is let love me. And so now we are going to have a powerful moment of worship. I'd like to ask the band to come up here. We're going to have a powerful moment of worship where you're going to have an opportunity to sing a song that is all about going to the cross. Taking those burdens and those things in your life that are overwhelming, and you know they're overwhelming, you know they're too much for you to deal with, and to drop them down at the foot of the cross and to say, Jesus, I want you to hold these things, and I'm going to hold you. So what is our H for heart? Holding. Holding. Can we make up some bookmarks? We're going to make up some bookmarks that have all of the words on them so that you can remember them next week. Okay? Does that sound good? And then you can keep them in your Bibles or in your smartphones, whatever you use to read scripture. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we do pray that in, the, in this time, that this beautiful time before a great celebration, that you would transform our hearts so that we might discern what is your will for us in our life. So that we would become a people whose heart are beating along with your heart and that there would be not just a, 
and excitement about us, but a true transformation going on in the world around us because we become missional people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand.